0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and with me is my co-host, Jacob. Hello. So, Jacob, uh, it's been a few weeks since we last recorded um, an episode of this podcast together. Um, And we did Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, which if you haven't listened to this, if you listen to this episode here, if you haven't listened to that, and you want to listen to a beatdown of a bad movie, that's certainly one to go check out. But we decided to do a movie which is, uh, I believe, worse than Revenge of the Fallen, and that is X-Men Origins Wolverine, which you picked, by the way. Thank you for ruining two hours of my life.
1: (laughs) I can't help it. Uh, This movie was a movie that needed to be destroyed in every way, shape,
0: or form. Yeah, it's uh, I I I said that um when I watched this, I watched it in the theaters a long time ago, right? Came out. I I knew the reviews weren't particularly great, but of course, you know, I went and saw it anyway. I I was disappointed. I didn't think it was very good at all. And then I watched it when it came on TV. You know, I don't know about a year and a half later. I uh, it reinforced the fact that it was a terrible movie. And then I haven't seen it since. In the intervening years, I just didn't watch it. I had no desire to watch it. But for some reason, and, and I told you this before we started uh, recording, um, I guess I had some kind of rose-colored glasses a little bit. I mean, a little bit. I, I For some reason, I thought that maybe the special effects were not quite as bad as I'd remembered and that maybe there were some redeeming qualities to this movie. <laughs> I was wrong. In fact, I, I watched this a couple of days ago, and I was, I think, appalled even more so It, the quality or lack thereof when it comes to this movie. Um, unfortunately, all of the elements that make a movie bad exist here. I mean, sometimes you'll get a well-directed movie that just happens to have an absolutely terrible script and bad acting. Or you have a terribly directed movie with a with a terrible script But the actors are able to do something amazing with what they're given, you know, and and that tends to maybe elevate the movie to somewhat watchable. But in this movie, I mean, the acting and we'll get we'll get into it a little later. The acting is is probably the best part of this. But even then, it's not great. And we'll explain more. I mean. There's this Hugh Jackman and and Liev Schreiber do solid work. But yeah, we'll get into more of that in a little bit. But before we get into all of that, we're going to uh, do uh, the rundown. So May 1st, 2009 was the release date. And it was written by David uh, Buenoff and Skip Woods, who I think was uh, brought on board to do a rewrite. It was directed by Gavin Hood. With a runtime of two hours, flat, budget of 150 million dollars, box office 179.8 million domestic, 193.1 million foreign for a total of a of 373.9 million global, starring Hugh Jackman, Leif Schreiber, Ryan Reynolds, Danny Houston, and Dom- Dominic Monaghan. So um Before we do uh, anything else, let's get to the geek speak portion. Um, I have no recommendations this week, but I do want to briefly talk about the Stranger Things 3 trailer. So last night, Sarah and I did a breakdown of that trailer. We did a special episode of the podcast for it. Uh, It was about 45 minutes long. So we do, you know, almost frame by frame, really go through that trailer and discuss what we're seeing and what we think it might mean. So, Jacob, have you seen the the Stranger Things 3 trailer?
1: I saw that it was out. I have not yet had a chance to watch it because I didn't see it until this morning when I was getting ready for this.
0: Okay. All right. Well, then I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to just give you my broad impressions without breaking anything uh, for you. Um, uh, this could be – could be based on the trailer. I think it's an exceptionally done trailer. Um if you're trying to figure out how to do a trailer well, this is a good one to break down and understand what they're showing and what they're not showing. Uh, So what I'll say about this trailer, and they've done these trailers very, very well. And one of the things that I think Netflix and um, what they do well with their trailers, especially when it comes to Stranger Things, is they don't um, spoil really anything for you. You get very non-spoilery things thrown at you on the trailer in the trailer, so you get, um, you know, you might get a small portion of a scene that doesn't reveal anything about the movie, uh, nothing that would spoil the story, and then you get like a montage of, you know, a frame or two here of different things throughout maybe the first few episodes or something of the show and they do a great job of doing that it's it's one of those trailers that tells me that this second or this third season if done right could be maybe be the best season okay. of the show and um given that they had more time off to write the script and do pre-production properly and really get everything ready i think season 2 was a little rushed in my opinion i think that they were under the gun Basically, once it exploded, they were under the gun to get started immediately, and I think that, that, to a certain extent, was present in the final product. Still, a really good season, not as good as season one, in my opinion, but this is looking like it could be back to season one quality, which I consider to be, uh, you know, a gold standard personally um, for uh, seasons in. Uh, tv shows or streaming shows so um yeah hopefully i haven't spoiled anything just i say go check it out if you haven't seen this and you're a fan and you didn't know about it um then you know stop what you're doing hit pause (laughs) on this and go watch the trailer and then come back um netflix is good about that though like their series are great their movies eh. their series are
1: generally just spot on with everything
0: they do a good job with their their shows they're much they're much better. Uh, there's a few good movies out there, but most of their movies yeah. are pretty, you know, mediocre uh too bad movies. Um so anyway, all right. So let's move on to um our one sentence review. So <clears throat> mine is uh when X-Men Origins Wolverine is mentioned in the same breath as the Green Lantern, you know it's a bad movie worst of the x-men series and that's saying something
1: mine is meant to be an origin story for wolverine this movie is an overbloated movie with not only too many characters but also too many side stories around those characters
0: it's so bad (laughs) um and i and look i want to say this the first off we should probably mention that this is a spoiler review so you know i would think if you see uh a podcast that's over a certain amount of time <laughs> you might feel like this is a spoiler uh episode review but it is a spoiler review so just be aware um I so that's like plot to
1: spoil this movie for people right <laughs> so i know bad. like
0: i think spoiling it would actually do them a favor um yeah. <laughs> the plot synopsis uh and this is you know I guess kind of spoiler but not really. Uh, the early years of James Logan featuring his rivalry with his brother Victor Creed, his service in the Special Forces Team Weapon X, and his experimentation into the metal-lined mutant Wolverine. Uh, all right, so let's let's get down to it. Uh, we can't really hold off anymore as, as painful as it really is. Um, let's talk about the story. Let's talk about the script. Talk about the plot. Uh, what does it do well? What does the, the strengths of the script, the weaknesses... Uh are there any themes? Are they are they um presented well within the movie? Um how would you change the script to make it better? That kind of thing. Those are the the things that I always feel like are, are things we should probably uh look at. So uh this movie starts out with a flashback. We get uh a young Logan. Uh he is on, you know, it's like 1845, I believe. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Um, And uh, he doesn't realize that the groundskeeper is his actual father. So apparently uh, the groundskeeper is is Thomas Logan. And he ends up killing his father because uh, his birth father or his birth father, his his supposed father ends up uh, getting into a fight uh, with his real father, and uh, of course he doesn't realize that Thomas Logan is his father, and he, he ends up killing him. Which, it's... How would you say that this is done in in this movie? It's like, stab, I'm your father. It's like, is this a really cheesy, like you're trying to refer to Luke, I'm your father, you know, even though that's not so bad. Yeah. Um, And I know it's not, I know the line isn't Luke, I'm your father, but it's basically feels that way, but it's just so poorly done. What did you think about this opening scene? It, it, It was so unnecessary. It was so,
1: all it did was to serve a point of, which isn't even comic book accurate that Sabretooth and Wolverine are brothers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, like they could have completely gone against this. If they cut this whole beginning thing, like showed him within like war and stuff. And then he joined the team and Sabretooth was already on the team.
0: Yeah. I thought the opening sequence is pretty, pretty, da- uh, pretty bad. Um <laughs> From a script standpoint, from an acting standpoint, the, the kid that they use as a young Logan, um, I like. I feel bad attacking kid actors because um, they often get attacked. Sometimes it's because you know they are not very good and everything, but of course there's a lot of pressure as well. But look, they're actors. They're young actors. This is their job. This is what they're being hired for. Hired for. They're getting paid for this. Um, so you have to to you have to hold them accountable, you know, cause if we're going to praise uh, a young child actor for doing a great job, such as, um, you know, Millie Bobby Brown for stranger things and, and talk about how, you know, great of a young actor she happens to be, or, Oh, the actor that plays, um, um, uh, X 13 in, um, Logan, Logan X 23.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. X 23. sorry sorry. Yes. X 23 in Logan. Um, if we're going to praise her, Then you have to look at an actor that does a poor job, a young actor, and say, Look, I mean, it's not very good. And this kid is terrible. I mean, it's, it's, I hate to say it, but he's not a very good young actor, at least at this stage of his career. And who knows, maybe he's a much better actor now, but he certainly wasn't in this scene. And I don't think Gavin Hood did him any favors, honestly, with the way he shot this stuff. It didn't, uh, I don't think it's well shot, to be honest with you. But this whole opening scene is not very good, and but we get this thing done. You know, this whole scene is done, and then we have Victor and, and Logan on the run. After that, um, I want to reference back to this montage later because I want to bring something up that I think would have been a really cool idea. But this whole sequence, this whole, it, it's kind of meant to fill in the gaps between that scene, and then we we pick out, you know things up. At a later date when the story starts proper, uh so we see them fighting through the Civil War and the uh, World War One World War two, the Vietnam War, and ultimately, things get too bloody for even Logan, and Victor is kind of has been giving into his impulses, his worst impulses more and more as time has gone by He gets to the Vietnam War, and he's basically this is like. Platoon and Full Metal Jacket all rolled into one, and oh, uh, Apocalypse Now. Might as well throw that in there. So it's, you roll those three uh movies in together, and it's kind of uh, a representation of what they're trying to go for with I think Victor Creed. He's just kind of got this bloodlust uh, thing going on, uh, which is accurate, I think, for the comic book because that is Victor Creed. But they're yeah. trying to they try to show him. Go, you know, he's probably a relatively More or less a relatively normal person, maybe 100 years prior, but now after years and years and years spent killing um, and given his healing factor, uh, he's mowed down thousands of people over the years um, and killed many more without a gun. He's acquired the bloodlust, and um, so I I think that's what they were going for here. Uh, What did you think of the sequence?
1: Uh, yeah like this is one of the few things i actually really thought was well done Mm -hmm. uh like i actually enjoyed it because it is interesting to think about and this is the first time they really anyone like cinematically got to see and understand wolverine has been alive for all of these events and it was the first time you really got to see like what he probably would have done, I and mean, what he, what would have made sense for him to do, um, uh, what like all the stuff he had to live through, because like, like there was a, a lot of, a lot of death and a lot of war in that time, and like to see it kind of laid out like that is surprisingly interesting and really well done, in contrast to the rest of the movie.
0: Yeah, um. I I think yeah you're right. I think this sequence is maybe one of the best things in the entire movie. Um it's not I'm of two minds about it, but I'll I'll come back to that later. I, I don't I don't want to kind of give away what I, a point I want to get to, but um it is probably you know as it stands I think it's probably one of the better things about the movie. So uh we get to the Vietnam War and, and that's when Logan realizes that uh victor is Creed's just losing it yeah he's losing it and they basically um split apart really at that point and i mean they get executed via a firing squad because uh wolverine tries to stop victor you know victor kills his commanding officer uh of course they don't die cuz the you know of their healing factor and then uh, major william striker he's the one that uh comes up to them and offers them the ability to join team x. So we have, you know, Agent Zero, we have Wade Wilson also known as Deadpool, John Wraith, Fred Dukes, uh known as the Blob and Chris Bradley. And you know, they they come together as a team um and then Deadpool disappears in this movie for almost the entire run. Um but ultimately what really stands out is because there's a lack of of general empathy in within the group, um, Logan leaves. So he's kind of shown to be like the moral high point in this entire group of mutants. And he's like, I'm basically – I'm not down with what you guys are doing and I'm leaving. So we jump forward six years. He's now working in Canada. He's a logger. He's got a girlfriend who's uh, Kayla Silverfox. And the moment that Kayla Silverfox was, you know, presented in this movie, I knew it was going to happen. I mean, I knew the story, uh all that. Uh, so it wasn't going to be surprising whenever things kind of played out in this movie. Um eventually, uh we we see uh uh Striker and um um Striker and Zero come and they, they basically try to get Logan to join them because uh, Deadpool disappears um, and Bradley he's killed and the whole point is oh hey um, we need to figure out who's doing this who is killing our your your former teammates and in my team uh, and then we eventually find out that Striker admits that that uh, Victor has gone rogue you know that he's you know this bloodlust has kind of reached a point where even Stryker can't control Victor. So, anyway, you know, how, at this point, like, what did you feel like were the high points of the script, if there are any at this point? Uh, or do you think it's just all kind of like blah, 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 very... It,
1: it was so... It was so paint-by-numbers. Like yeah. it, it, Like, there was... Like you even said, like, you could tell the moment they introduced the uh, Kayla Silverfox character, like, anyone with, that has seen a movie before could have told you, well, more than likely, she's dead. Mm-hmm. Or, we'll talk about that convoluted decision <laughs> they made later. Uh, that Yeah, like, it, it was just so... Bland like it was so obvious it was so laid out in such like an obvious manner that it just it wasn't intriguing it wasn't interesting it was just like oh so this is this is what we're doing like if you're gonna get an indie director or somebody that's not big you gotta you gotta do something different you gotta get something get like these not big names for a movie that's following a at the time the biggest comic book movie franchise you got to do something different
0: yeah um you know the story i'm just gonna just sketch out the story uh the rest of the way i mean really what this comes down to is um you have victor out more or less um out for revenge he wants he wants to kill logan and uh kayla Silverfox, his girlfriend is you know supposedly Murdered, right? She's killed, and then, um, you know, Logan, of course, now has his motivation for revenge himself. He finds the Blob um, at the boxing club, and he reveals, "Oh, hey, this is this is where you can find who you need to find." Right? He just happens to have the information, uh, and it's the island. And you know, he mentions Remy uh, Labo, which is also known as Gamut. It's just he finds he finds Remy and look I, I I love the actor I love uh um uh Taylor Kitsch Taylor Kitsch uh from Friday Night Lights uh, if you watch that show you you will see what he's capable of as an actor but uh, he's just miscast here terribly miscast yeah. uh, horribly miscast um so anyway this all ends by the way. This all ends at Stryker's facility in Three Mile Island where we learn that, oh, hey, Kayla's alive. And, oh, look, uh, Wade Wilson, Deadpool, is apparently alive. But but he now has swords for hands and he shoots laser beams out of his eyes a la Cyclops. Oh, my God. And, <laughs> and, and it's just the most most convoluted garbage. That I've seen. I mean, this whole, this whole plot, this whole script is just cliched writing, terribly cliched writing, bland, like a bland script, cliched writing to the extreme. Um, Just you're just like ticking off one cliche after another as you roll down through. Right. I mean, if it was a cliched script that happened to have fantastic uh, special effects, um, an unbelievable acting, this might be salvageable, but it's not. And, but the script itself is just horrible, and it's a, it's a two hour movie, you know. And you gotta you gotta remember, there's also you know the what roughly seven to ten minute opening sequence for the kids, right? So we learn yeah. the origin story. Then you got the five minutes, uh, or so, roughly three to five minutes worth of, um, uh, the opening uh, montage sequence for the credits. You know that doesn't yeah. leave you a lot of time to tell your story. And this is not a this is not a difficult story to tell, yeah, even
1: with that little bit of time they didn't have, they still had an abundance of time.
0: I mean, there's so little story here, all right, there's so little plot, so little story. they could have done this whole thing in about forty five minutes, maybe maybe an hour it would have taken. That's how little story there is hill here, and I understand there's like action sequences. Which you can account for in any movie, right, because it's action, it's like okay, fine, conflict, but this movie is just so little story to tell, and then it's stitched together with action sequences like every ten every ten to twelve minutes there's like an action sequence, and then a tiny bit of story action sequence, a tiny bit of story, action sequence, and it's just that over and over and over again um, because I think they realized this is not a very good script, and we've got to find a way to make it palatable. We've got to inject all this action because we, there's nothing there's nothing for us to tell. And some people might say, well, wait a second. Hold on. Hold on. Well, we've seen other fast-paced movies like this before. Um, like, okay, let's take a look at Mad Max Fury Road. That thing is just pure action. And, yeah, I'll agree. But it works. It works. It's different. It's, it, they, the story they're trying to tell, it works within that framework. And all of that action has a, at least a purpose. Yes, there's a lot of action. But that is a giant chase sequence almost the entire movie. And then the story is told within the confines of the action itself. And you get a lot out of the action. There's things that are done within the action scenes that illustrate the characters and give you uh, some context and subtext as well. Yeah. So a movie like that is simply a different animal. It's it's told differently. This movie is told as banally and as just broadly generic as you can possibly get. Um, there is no... um, Nothing is, is... What do they say? Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Um, I think in this case, you should never have ventured for anything uh, in this script because it is... Poorly, poorly written, and I think the best thing they could have done done is gone back and tried to be a little riskier with the script, right? Yeah. Try to do something different. I I I don't know why this plays it so safe, and I have a feeling. And I, I mean I've read that David uh, Boynoff, who is uh, a writer producer for. Game of Thrones, right? I mean, he's kind of world famous because of Game of Thrones. You might read, um, you might look at this movie and think, "Well, gee, it, it all starts with him." But he wrote an R-rated script that was much darker and apparently more personal. Q like Jackman was involved with the writing process. He wanted this to be a character-centric Wolverine movie. He basically what Logan it, you know, what Logan was ultimately years mm-hmm. later. He wanted that to be this movie, I and mean, he wanted a a deeper darker look at his character and then there was rewrites of course because they don't want an r-rated movie they want a pg or pg-13 movie and you know to get people in the seats and it ultimately led to this movie which i think obviously was for the worst yeah
1: well and this that the r-rated thing it wasn't until honestly because of this movie that spurned ryan reynolds deadpool uh like he that movie wasn't gonna get made until he leaked that footage and basically got an entire fan base rallying behind it getting it done like making that movie happen and showing them this is what you could do if you let a movie that's supposed to be r-rated be r-rated and then it led yeah. to Logan cuz like then once they once Fox realized hey Deadpool worked let's see how Logan Wolverine standalone movie does with R rated as well and it just if they would have like this movie could have been like the like the predecessor to both of those in a better way <laughs> Even. I mean like
0: uh, are you saying that we should thank this movie because it no. gave us Deadpool I mean,
1: I'm not saying we should thank it for that. I'm saying if they would have let him do the job he was supposed to, we would have gotten Deadpool sooner and probably would have gotten an X Force movie before the Disney Fox merger. Yeah. Because, yeah, because it took how long to get Deadpool made because people were against the R rating the studio was. If this would have been able to be done the right way the first time and shown that the R rating could work, we would have gotten Deadpool sooner. And we would have gotten more Ryan Reynolds Deadpool. Which is never a problem. Because he's a fantastic Deadpool.
0: Yeah, he's great. And, you know, he's... You know, somebody... Look, the thing is, Deadpool was in development since 2003. I mean... Yeah. It's it's been that long. Reynolds has wanted wanted to play Deadpool for that long. Okay. Oh gosh, yeah. And I because mean, this is after um Van Wilder came out, his his star was on the rise and he wanted to play Deadpool. Like so David S. Goyer and Reynolds, I mean, they had a film in development, but it fell apart because they wanted to do a Blade Trinity. So they kind of said, No, we're not doing that. And so it took many, many years for Deadpool to actually come into existence. And this movie unintentionally helped that occur yeah. because it's just so bad. I mean, the, the character is is basically annihilated. And like you said, Reynolds was like, look, I'm I'm not I'm doing the bare minimum. You get this, you can get Scott Atkins to come on here and do everything else. I'll do close ups, but that's it.
1: Um Oh yeah. He uh once they did the yeah. blade thing out of his knuckles and the laser eyes ryan reynolds was out like he was not involved in that process and a lot of people don't know that he's just like this is not what i signed on for because i mean like uh, that's his favorite character like hell the comic books have even written that Wade Wilson, before he got the whole cancer skin thing, looked like Ryan Reynolds. Like, he gets a plug in the comics. Right. So, like, it's, yeah.
0: Yeah, look, I mean, you know, for people that have watched it, and you might think it's a good movie, and hey, look, if you do, I I applaud you. I I think that, you know, everyone to their each their own, if you like a movie and it just happens to be hated by a lot of people... Good for you. Good I mean, steam. I, I yeah. there's there's movies that I I know are not great, and I still like them. I mean, we all have bad movies that we enjoy for one reason or another. Maybe it's actors that appear in them. Maybe something about the story really sticks with you, despite maybe deep down you kind of know it's not uh, the best, but you kind of see it as a guilty pleasure. Like they all exist, you know. So I'm not sitting here trying to say if you like this movie, um, what are you doing with your life? It's not that at all. It's just, you know, I've been watching movies for decades now, and I, I know, at least for me, from my point of view, I know a pretty bad movie when I see it. <laughs> and I, there's, you know, I can go back, you know, like a movie I've seen five years ago that I thought was good. I'll, maybe I'll watch it today and I'll think differently. Things evolve. You know, our opinions change. We see things more clearly. At, you know, when years go by, um, in some movies that we may have thought were not very good years ago now end up uh, revisiting and saying, hey, you know what? Actually, this is a better movie than I thought. So those things can shift and change over time. Unfortunately, I actually think that this has become worse. It has become (laughs) worse for me. I thought it was a bad movie when I watched it. I thought it was a bad movie when I watched it for a second time. And now that I've watched it years and years later, it is actually, I feel like, worse than I thought it was. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so obviously, uh, you know, you have Stryker in this movie, he's, but he's not written with the kind of, um, I guess the, the the way that he was written in X2, X-Men United with Brian Cox. I mean, Brian Cox is amazing, right? I mean, he can do justice to pretty much any role. Um, he was written so much better. He was given what I felt was real purpose in that movie. Um conflicting uh, ideas, too. I mean, he has a mutant son, and yet he hates mutants, that kind of thing. But in this movie, I thought, even though Danny Houston, I think, did a decent job in the role, the writing for his character wasn't very good.
1: Yeah, it was trash. Like, yeah. they he had no purpose. They made an allusion to his son with the boy frozen with two colored eyes, and that was it. Yeah, like, I think they might have referenced it when he killed the other, uh, when he killed the congressman. Like he's like, why didn't you tell us you had a son with, that was a mutant? Like th- that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that was so forced, and, and yeah, he just the character was not well written as a antagonist. It's just bad.
0: Yeah, look, I mean, I think that one one thing that people have complained about, at least to a degree, is that by filling in all of Wolverine's backstory, all of his backstory too, I mean, they literally start from him as a child. By starting from that point and moving forward and doing that montage even, um, you take some of the mystique out of the Wolverine character. So if you weren't a comic book reader right before uh, seeing this movie, then you don't know a whole lot about Wolverine's past because in the movies you don't learn a, a whole lot i mean in the, the second movie sec- second x-men you learn about you know some of it with Stryker and you know maybe more about how he got his his uh, claws and everything but on the whole you still know very little about him as a person which can be a good thing um but that can be an issue when you take that mystique away that being said, I don't think it's a deal breaker. I think you can certainly do it anyway. It can not. It can be a. It can take away from the mystique, but it can still deepen a character. It depends on how well you do that story. And unfortunately, in this case, the story itself is just, like I said before, it's cliched to the extreme. We've seen all of these beats many times before. It's not done in any kind of a unique or notable way. Um, and on top of that, everything else about the movie is pretty much terrible garbage um so uh let's let's give our script grades here uh what did you give the script uh i gave it a 30 a 30 yeah
1: (laughs) i yeah i i everything we've talked about just they made uh, (laughs) the writers of this script they paint by numbers and not a whole lot of even that uh script wise to where Half the movie is action set pieces, to where the, the actual plot is so thin. And
0: don't even get me started on the, God yeah. Wolverine, like you know the the bike sequence where he comes off the bike, yeah. slices through the, the the helicopter, you know, uh, kills Zero. I mean, it's just, it's horrible, it, dude. It's, it's just yeah, bad. it's so bad. Like yeah, the most like infamous a... shot in that whole movie is when the you remember the explosion when he's oh, walking yeah. away. I mean, it's just uh.
1: oh yeah. Also, like the way he sparked it too. Yeah, like that was the like somehow he didn't in any way, shape, or form bend his knees. Yeah, he could reach down and claw the ground. Mm-hmm. That was what. <laughs> that it was no. It's, that's it's... not how this works.
0: I tried hard um you know in my uh, by the way my script grade is a 30 too you know we ended up being in the same grade um and no we didn't match up you know pre-recording um we i said what's your grade and he's like 30 i was like it's a 30 okay mine's a 30 um (laughs) here's the thing the the tone of this movie is weird okay Clearly, you can tell that this was supposed to be a much darker movie or should have been a much darker movie, and yet they changed everything about it, right? So they went in and they did a bunch of rewrites, and you can't tell whether this movie wants to take itself seriously enough or whether it wants to be kind of tongue-in-cheek because there are so many moments in this movie where it feels like they're trying to be funny, I don't know if it's just the, the bad direction. I don't know if it's the bad special effects or a combination. But like that sequence where he kills like the copter, right? Um, When he slices through and he jumps off his bike and he slices through all that stuff, it's so cheesy looking. It looks so bad. And I'm thinking like, is this intentional? Am I supposed to be laughing at this? Is this masquerading as a comedy? I wasn't quite sure. Um, yeah. It's that funny. But in the, oh my god, this is so bad, I I can't help but laugh at this, kind of funny.
1: It was doing what DC movies had been doing long before they were.
0: Yeah, this is basically the...
1: Like, Suicide Squad and Justice League tried to do in compensation for the dark tone that was BBS and Man of Steel. Like, they, they originally had it as dark and brooding and serious and then they were like we got to make it funny now let's let's adjust like it's doing the exact same thing in a lot of ways just trying to get somebody to come in and alter it after the fact and yeah
0: yeah, and of course, Kayla isn't dead in the movie, oh. and apparently, and then she oh dies. God. And anyway, and... you
1: would think that you know somebody who has been in the military in multiple wars would have any kind of inclination to check for a, a wound. There was no wound, and when they showed the fact that they faked her death, yep. they literally injected her with some and just poured blood on her. Yep, like there, there's no way Wolverine would not check for that.
0: Yeah, no, and of course you know she's not dead, and then, then eventually she does die, and but but not right not right away. She's able to you know, t- um, using her powers. Apparently, she's able to uh, uh get Stryker to to walk away from killing Logan until his feet bleed, and then she does. Why well, not just walk until you die? That would have been so much nicer. Um, don't stop walking until you collapse and die uh but whatever um and and then like the whole thing about her, she's like oh when she's it's revealed that she turned on logan like not to, not turned on logan she was supposed to spy on him and yet she's yeah. like yeah but it was real for me and it's like well why did you spy on me you know like uh, what uh whatever i don't i don't care <laughs> i don't care uh yeah. it's that bad Look, I said it to you before we started recording that I I said I honestly started feeling bad about how we rated Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen <laughs> a few weeks ago because this movie makes me feel that Transformers was a really good movie. It it's that bad. Like I, for, I like I said, I forgot how bad this movie was, and the fact that I can watch this movie and go, my God, I wish I was watching Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen right now. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah. That is bad. Um. Before we move on to the, to the other grades, uh, I want to briefly revisit that montage, and I mentioned this earlier, and there's a reason for this. I was watching the montage, and then I watched the movie, and I actually went back and I rewatched the montage again. And I asked myself a question. What if that was the movie? That would have been great. What if... The whole point of the movie was, okay, cut out the whole kid thing. I don't care. Like, I don't care about the opening sequence with the kid. I think, honestly, it's better if we don't know that. Could have kept it if you wanted, fine. But the point is, the whole whole point of this movie was watching the relationship between Victor and Logan slowly break apart over the course of time. And eventually see them... Split apart is fully like enemies um because of their it's kind of like the magneto and uh Professor X splitting apart right they're they're breaking apart because of their differing viewpoints on like morality and you know the worth of people humans things like that so that to me could have been the script right there. Oh, yeah. I would have been interested in that story. I think that could have been the movie that Hugh Jackman had been looking for at that point in time. Also, like with that,
1: like if this would have been at the time owned by Marvel, they could have been like, "All right," at the first or one of the earlier ones in World War II, he could have like one of the things that started to, you know, get through to Wolverine and Logan like, "This isn't right." Like they could have had like a little appearance of Captain America. Like an interaction sure. with him, like yeah. a small thing of like him seeing that in the situation or like something later on, some of these other characters that have been involved, like in the Vietnam War, mm-hmm. stuff like that. That would have been really cool to just kind of stick with this whole premise of him, like realizing that how crazy Creed is and following that premise, because like, I think originally they wanted to try and have a little cameo mm-hmm. in that World War Two snippet of Captain America
0: yeah I mean, look, I think that that could have been the whole story, and I think I would have been really interested, you know, yeah. watching them fight in the Civil War um and then move on to World War One, World War two and then you know, as they showed, like these are all great story beats. it's just the problem is the best story by story beats in this entire movie take place in a a three plus minute montage isn't that isn't yeah. that terrible? That the best aspect to this entire movie was the montage, uh, credit sequence at the beginning of the movie. And that's it. And they yeah. lost, <clears throat> to me, they lost all that story. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the best parts of this entire thing exist there. And that could have been the story that they told. And unfortunately, they did not. They, they just wanted to fill in the gaps in the, the story to get to the story they wanted to tell. And unfortunately, the story that they told was absolute garbage. Um, there are very there's very little redeeming in this movie um the dialogue is is terrible for the most part i mean it's not all terrible but it's it's a lot of it is pretty terrible um it's just it, look at the end of the day it's poorly constructed screenplay it's um a poorly paced story um there's so little story to tell and um everything about it just screams bad sorry and I don't know whether that's Buenoff himself. Um, I like to think that he's a, he's a much better writer. I feel like this was, you know, the rewrite was cutting out and gutting a lot of the better elements to what Buenoff and uh, Hugh Jackman had come up with. And uh, ultimately, it led to what we got. So 30, 30, it comes out to a 30 overall for the script, which is, um, it's abysmal. Uh, all right, acting. Um, look, I, I think... That in terms of the acting here it's the better aspect of this movie I do think that Hugh Jackman gives his all even though he's trying to you know spout out these terrible cliched dialogue and awful lines it's still Hugh Jackman he's still gonna give you everything he's got but you know actors can be aided by a good script in making their performances even better and obviously if you have a director that helps you uh he didn't in both those regards. So Hugh Jackman's putting forth a lot of effort. And I think Leif Schreiber does a pretty decent job overall as Victor Creed. I mean, these are actors that are elevating shitty material to being somewhat reasonable material to watch because it's um, their acting ability exceeds, far exceeds, the quality of the script. Um, I thought that Danny Houston was okay. Um, but he wasn't given much to work with I hate to say it but everybody else was garbage now Ryan Reynolds was fine in his small bit at the beginning with uh, like he portrayed you know, Deadpool yes, exactly
1: how he needs to be he, he did
0: a snarky well, I, smartass right and that's great that's great but you, you know five minutes is not gonna I can't factor that in too much into this overall grade because it's like five minutes yeah. uh, it's not enough time for me to really think okay that That's worth a bump up in the overall acting grade here. Um, Maybe like 1%. 1%. Like it's that
1: short of a time period. Like that's that's all it can really denote. Like it's, yeah, it's just that short of a time.
0: Yeah, everybody else to me was as any ranged anywhere from bad to average at best. Um, Marginally average, I think, was probably better. But I gave it a 72 and honestly that that is because of Hugh Jackman and um Lee Schreiber mostly i mean they they carry the weight in this movie the the acting is better here uh because of them if it had been you know if Lee Schreiber had been replaced by somebody else i mean who knows maybe it would have been still good but it would have been a disservice to this movie and a disservice to this movie acting wise is definitely not what this movie needed so they help, in my opinion, elevate this movie just a tiny bit. Just a tiny bit. Yeah. So what did you give this movie? Was? You were very
1: generous in comparison Apparently. to me. I gave it a yeah. 50.
0: Yeah. A 50.
1: Yeah, I I agree. Like the the key parts like that were actually – like they tried their best it was Hugh Jackman and Leif Schreiber but the rest is like i'm i'm sorry why did why did we need Will I am in this movie why was that a decision made like no offense to him like but i don't imagine he's a gotten like he just didn't seem like he really cared at all i don't know. i don't know it, it was uh, like so many other names in it like dominic monaghan like such a good actor and he also didn't seem like he cared he was like which is i think indicative of the director and the script like uh, like there there was not much to care about in it like just from us watching it i'm sure then reading through it i'm sure he was like what what is this shit
0: Oh, yeah. Look, actors know generally whether they've got a quality script or not. And sometimes you just say, hey, look, I'll do my best, but uh, this isn't very good. But some actors just can't do that. I mean, sometimes they just – the quality of the script is kind of – it's not just that the script is bad. It's just that you know the actors know the script is bad so yeah. it comes it comes across in their performances some actors will take it uh, as a personal challenge to exceed significantly the quality of the script by saying okay i'm going to really make this as good as i can yeah and other actors are just like i i this is garbage dude i mean i'll go i'll do my job but um i'm not on here you know working really really hard to make this uh this character pop on the screen when i know that what's uh behind the character script wise is just awful. So i totally get it. Um Yeah. So um all right, yeah. so our overall grade for acting comes out to a 61. So that's that's pretty pretty bad overall. Um uh, but still the best thing. Directing, um i gave it a 40. Uh and again this might seem very harsh but but honestly I mean there are there are some shots here and there throughout the movie that I thought were fine and I think the better parts of this movie directing wise are when Gavin is just directing a scene where like say when Kayla and Logan are laying in bed and they're just talking fine it it's it's shot fine still nothing special but it's shot fine if it's just scenes with characters talking some of those are okay but significant stretches of this movie look terrible. With the way they're shot, it it's awful looking. All the action sequences are terribly done. I mean, they are really, really bad. I'm sorry, it's they just are. bad. Uh, whether it's the scene with the helicopter and Logan jumping off the bike, uh, whether it's the end sequence, uh, any of the fight scenes mostly look just awful. And uh, there's nothing to them, or they're so they're like up close fight sequences where you can't even tell what's going on. Um, So either you don't know what's going on or they just look bad. Uh, hey, Sorry. It's just – look, the only sequence in this entire movie, the only sequence that I felt was reasonably done well was the Weapon X sequence when Wolverine comes out of the water, kills some people, escapes out into the, the wilderness. That's it. I mean that's that to me is possibly the only other highlight in this entire movie that's yeah. it that's it like, so yeah
1: i agree on that because like that was actually kind of interesting to see like because of everything and the healing factor seeing all of those needles shooting out of him yeah that was actually kind of cool to see that and like them kind of showing that aspect and whatnot but that was the only thing that was like remotely well done on the action set pieces because like <sighs> like even the the five minutes with like Deadpool, and at the beginning, like when he's like spinning his swords around and whatnot, and it's like that was so poorly done, like it looked so bad, like the sword movements looked horrible
0: yeah, it makes you it, makes you wonder what was going on behind the scenes,
1: yeah, like know? who thought it was a good idea, like the way they focused it, like then the whole cutting the two bullets like or the cutting the bullet into two it's like like i get what they were going on going for but like it would have been interesting if they would have like followed behind him not s- still focusing like i get it, ryan reynolds he, he's an attractive man you gotta say focus on him but like it kind of takes away the purpose of him cutting the bullet into when you don't follow the effects of it like what's the point yeah like there, there was yeah there was no point in a lot of the decisions that were made, and yeah, yeah,
0: it was just bad.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, um, look, I um, your your grade was is what?
1: Uh, I gave it a thirty because
0: yeah, it's... I I felt bad about my grade. I was conflicted. I was, and I was, I was weighing a few the few things that I thought were were decent in this movie shot. You know, from a directing standpoint. But I just couldn't do it. I, I, I waited against all of the other stuff that I saw, and I just couldn't give it what I felt was even um, mediocre grade. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, I thought, look, it's just not very good. Gavin Hood was not the right choice for this. He's not an action director. That can work out in some cases, and Marvel's done a great job overall. Of picking these, you know, young indie directors who've come on and managed to do a fantastic, you know, but it didn't work out in this case. Sorry, and it's just not very, very good. It's just not worth, you know, giving him an, a bigger grade because, um, I kind of feel bad, you know, about it. But it's <laughs> it's it is what it is. So uh, he gets a thirty-five overall for directing here. Um, special effects wise, I gave it a forty-five. Um, there isn't really much to recommend here from a special effects standpoint. I know there's a, there's a lot of special effects in this movie is over a thousand shots. Um, and for $150 million budget, I expected better. Uh, this looks like, man, um, oh God, it, uh, justice league level of, of garbage. I mean, I hate to say it, but that's kind of what it feels like to me. Uh, it reminds me of that end sequence, right? So the sequence on top of um, – at the end with Deadpool, right? Oh, God. The it reminds yeah. me of the end sequence with Justice League where the sky was all like red and everything and it's just it, – it's just so terrible. It looks awful. But yeah. it's not the only one. I mean the scene where, where he shoots his claws out and he's like dink, 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 dink in the sparks and it just looks so bad. It it doesn't look good. I'm sorry. it just It yeah. doesn't look good. Um, it didn't work for me. And, uh, on top of that, uh, slicing through the helicopter looked awful. and um, it's just the whole thing. I don't know where that money went. I mean, this is the kind of like for the effects we got, it's the kind of special effects budget of a $50 million movie that was stretched too thin, not a $150 million movie, which should have had plenty in the tank for good special effects, but uh, clearly it was not, uh, to be because it's just bad
1: yeah Uh, my 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 question is why the hell did they make him cgi claws is it was it that expensive to give him some like heck you could fashion like prop claws that would have looked 20 million times better
0: i mean like even if they went with special effects i mean at least make them look good i mean do your job i mean it's yeah. a it's an important uh, scene and you need to make sure like okay it, it was kind of funny when he shot his claws out and he was hitting the pipes and everything but if you're gonna do this scene and you're gonna use special effects especially given that these are his claws i mean gotta make them look real real you know? Yeah,
1: they don't even look like they would fit in
0: his wrist. Like they were so freaking like huge. Like yeah, the way they were like, like like rounded and like huge. Like it looked they looked like uh like Santoku and uh Santoku blades or yeah, something when you're not like, really...
1: they did not look like they would fit inside his wrist at all. Yeah. Like the it was just so ridiculous.
0: If you look at them and you go back and you look at the uh the claws in the first X Men movie that looks yeah. real. That's fine. That works. But uh the claws that we saw there were were huge. They you're right. They didn't look like they could actually fit in his wrist. So, yeah.
1: I just like even if they didn't want to like go all out for the like f- making some prop ones, do enough to get like a a base like structure for it and then do a little bit so that way you have something to CG onto. Like Something like, hey, it, yeah, it, it was like the claws alone. Every single time I saw those claws, it it just ruined spe- the special effects for me because it was just, it, it was like the mustache on Henry Cavill in Justice League. Yeah, once you once you see it, you can't not see the crap special effects, and it just ah, it bothered me, and then yeah, and then like yeah the sparking thing too i oh my gosh rewatching it and seeing that i was like oh th- that's not how metal works like <laughs> that's not how that works at all <laughs> like they don't just randomly create sparks by touching like yeah. that's not how that works
0: <laughs> it, <laughs> like, it it's just it's bad dude it's just so bad um Right. Oh, there's
1: so many things, but so I gave you it- special effects 35.
0: 35. All right, so that brings our average grade to a 40. Uh, move on to pacing here. Uh, again, I feel like I'm being generous here. I give the pacing a 40. And this all this all comes down to, as I said before, there's not much of a story here. You know, if you cut out, you could cut, this movie could be done completely. I think in in a much better fashion. I think it could be done in an hour. 60 minutes is probably about the longest you should go with this, you know, this movie in terms of uh, r- runtime. Because there is such little story here to tell. They yeah. could have gotten away with an hour and it actually may have been a moderately decent movie. If you cut out some of the ridiculous special effects and some of the worst aspects of the script, it could have been a solid little Wolverine movie in an hour. A six hour. <laughs> it could have been a TV show. You know, um, I'm sorry. It's just, there's not a lot of story here. And like I said, they, they threw in action scene after action scene after action scene to try to get this to be that length. And, you know, someone, uh, a buddy of mine said, well, they did that with die hard. And I said, look, die hard had a simple story. That's true. It a simple setup, a simple story, but it wasn't convoluted. It, It was executed properly. It wasn't convoluted in, in terms of the script and, uh, the the plotting and John McCain was somebody who was um you know he's up there trying to solve the problem and he's running into obstacles along the way that's part of the story this story was of uh, uh, this story was uh, terrible and. You know he's with Kayla, and then of course you know they try to get him back into the Weapon Expert or the X uh, team, and then he finds out Victor is you know killing people, and then and then he you know apparently Kayla dies, and then she doesn't die, and then oh Wade Wilson was missing, and now he's not missing, and it's just whole whole convoluted garbage story, which didn't need to be told, for one. But even if it was going to be told, you could have done it in a much shorter period of time and it might have been for its benefit. Uh, I gave it a 40 for pacing, and I'm kind of feeling like I'm being generous here because uh, it, it's bad. I mean, your grade was not my grade.
1: No, my grade was worse. My grade was a 25. It just, yeah, and it didn't help. It felt like the the whole... like It went from like a revenge plot for Sabretooth to a literally he like the whole great john wraith when he killed john wraith mm-hmm. he stole some his dna so they could put it in the new deadpool crap frankenstein thing that they made and so like it, it seemed like they also just diverted hmm motivation for certain characters where the pacing just fell off like it made no sense that, that's partly on the script but also like the pacing like you couldn't get the, an understanding of that because like you said every 10 minutes there was an action set piece that had no reason to be there
0: yeah it action needs to serve a purpose you can't just be for the sake of having an action sequence to kind of get your pulse racing not that these action sequences got my pulse racing up. Not more, at all. More like, um, I'm bored. I, I Yeah,
1: like watching him fight the blob. Yeah. What?
0: It was, they had to elongate the runtime, dude. We, like, we we we're clocking in at an hour and ten minutes <laughs> here. We've got to do something. You yeah, know? and like,
1: I know that that's why they did it, but it's just watching him punch a fat suit. It... It's not... <sighs> You're trying.
0: Yeah. You, I know you're trying really hard here uh, to to come up with a reason. Look, there is there is little. There's no reason. I'm sorry. It's just it's bad. Everyone. It's it's just it's bad. And I I know you probably like. Okay, you've said that eight billion times. You don't need to hear you say it again. So I apologize if I've said that. But it just it is. So moving on. Um, if we add up, oh, with rewatchability, um, mine is a ten, and yours is. A 10. a 10 as a 10. well. 10. We, because, we we didn't match up there. Yeah. I, I actually really contemplated giving it a zero. I did. <laughs> I really did. And I thought, well, okay, the acting is not the worst I've ever seen, and the Weapon X uh sequence was actually kind of cool. That's the redeeming qualities to this entire movie for me. Okay. A five minute sequence, okay, and some solid ish acting gave yeah. it a ten percent. I mean that in when that is the highlight for the movie that you've watched, it tells you a lot. Um, which, you know, the pacing, our grade averaged out to a thirty seven, of course, rewatchability is a ten. We don't factor in the rewatchability anymore uh for our grades, uh, but we do still like to throw it out there. But when I added up, uh my overall grade came out to a forty five. Your overall grade came out to a thirty four. <laughs> Yep. So let me say that again. Our overall grades for script was a 30, acting a 61, directing a 35, 40 for special effects, 37 for pacing, and a 10 for watchability. Our overall grade was a 39. I mean, my God, that is an awful grade. And look, I mean, we came into this knowing full well. We, we picked Transformers because we knew it was a bad movie. I knew it was a bad movie, and I wanted to... I wanted to grade a bad movie this has kind of been the whole point of the last couple of episodes, but I didn't expect it to be this bad um so rose colored glasses rose colored glasses and like I said I feel bad for Hugh Jackman here uh you know he didn't sign up for this he did not sign up to be in a movie like this and he made sure his next movie the wolverine which is actually pretty solid Wolver- the wolverine is a um it's a solid to slightly above average i think um superhero movie um a much yeah. much much better than this i mean i mean anything's better than this this is this is trash but yeah. um the only problem that yeah. one really had was it followed too much yeah to there, the
1: comics like there was a lot of stuff that that just doesn't translate the greatest from the comics to a movie it has so, its like, problems yeah yeah like that's one of the biggest things i remember when i watched is like that doesn't translate over very well because it's yeah it, yeah like it's different media sometimes that's why a lot of the times movies get even like civil war that's not how civil war actually happened in the comics but they had to just to make it work on a movie
0: yeah it's bad but yeah, I mean, well, not that is. I mean, like I said, no, I think know. the Wolverine is is solid. Um, but yeah, yeah. Th- this movie taught so Hugh bad. Jackman a lot, and I think it was um, fight for what you want. And if they want me in another Wolverine movie, they're gonna start making some concessions here.
1: And you want to know what he he went out on a high note. Yeah, well, he at least got to end his legacy of Wolverine on. Logan.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah. Look, I mean, Logan for me is one of the best superhero movies of all time. Easily, easily, one of the best. Um, it it is the movie that he'd been wanting to make his entire career for oh, yeah. the Wolverine character. Uh, like I said, it could have been this. Could have been that movie. Maybe not that movie, but this could have been the the character centric, um, deep like character study of Wolverine that he'd been wanting to make. Uh it just it was altered on him. It was changed. Um so unfortunately that happened and, and this is what he got out of it and it really stinks cuz he puts a lot of time he put a lot of time and effort into training, getting ready and then this is the the piece of crap that he unfortunately was forced to film. So yeah. and if you feel like we're being harsh I Sorry, it's just but that's what we think you know i I think at the end of the day, this is easily one of the worst superhero movies of all time. It's not even there's a there's a handful that probably could fight for it superhero movies out there, regardless of whether it's marvel d c fox doesn't you know there's about i don't know something like five six maybe superhero movies that could vie for this title is you know worst but um yeah, this definitely is is in that subterranean <laughs> level of superhero movies. And I say subterranean for just how poor it is, um, where they should be thrown into this pit and uh, buried for life and, and never be seen again. Um, if there,
1: if anyone has any question as to how bad this movie is, I and mean, you really want to think about it, Deadpool 2's in credit scene where they killed off the Deadpool abomination that they tried to do in this movie that to be approved by the same studio that made that movie
0: so they know full they knew they, they knew, full knew well. they yep. know
1: that that movie's trash yep and the decisions that were made in that movie was and uh, this movie is stupid
0: that's like, right you're getting the approval to basically go back and in retrospect put a
1: bullet in its head like yeah. that's literally what he did
0: <laughs> right it's true that's what you were doing, a bullet in in his head. You know, Shooting Wade Wilson was... Shooting Wade Wilson, or uh, Ryan Reynolds... I think in that scene, he was X-11 yeah. is what they referred to him yeah, as. Yeah, he was the X-11. The fact that I have
1: devoted that to yeah. memory pains me.
0: So, Deadpool going back and shooting X-11 in the head was a metaphor for shooting <laughs> X-Men Origins Wolverine in the head. Yeah. So... That tells you everything you need to know, everybody. I mean, I I guess we could have just opened that up and gave that one line and said, well, that was great. So that's the (laughs) end of that review. Um, It it would have been quicker. So I apologize for spending, you know, how long we've spent here uh, over an hour. I can't believe we spent over an hour talking about this movie. All right. So we're (laughs) going to wrap this up here. Like I said, overall grade for X Men Origins Wolverine is a 39. It's terrible. If you want to laugh at something, um, you may get some enjoyment out of it. If you sit down knowing full well it's terrible and you just want to laugh at something bad, this is a movie you can sit and do that with. Uh, So if that's your flavor, go check it out. You may end up coming away appreciating it uh, for its badness. But otherwise, avoid watching it if you don't feel like uh, you've wasted your life, uh, at least two hours of your life. Uh, Unfortunately, I've done that. Uh, Three times in my life, once in the theaters and twice post theaters. Uh, Six hours I'll never get back. makes me a bit (laughs) sad. So, all right. uh, Thank you for uh, coming on, Jacob, and reviewing X-Men Origins Wolverine. And we'll see you guys next time on the podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to the Freaking Geeks podcast. Be sure to visit freakinggeeks.com as well as our Patreon page at patreon.com slash freakinggeeks for more great content. Also, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Trust us, it really helps. Now, if you'd like to write into the podcast and share your thoughts and ask questions, you can do so by sending your email to freakinggeeksmedia at gmail.com. You can contact Michael on Twitter using at Michael underscore Lanich. You can contact Sarah on Twitter using
0: at Labyrinth Rose or at Freak Geeks. Intro music for this episode is Danger Storm by Kevin MacLeod, which can be found at Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. Outro music is Nowhere Land by Kevin MacLeod which can be found at Inconvitech.com, licensed under Creative Commons, by attribution, 3.0 license. You can also find the attribution in the episode description as well.